This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get an all-access experience with player interviews, exclusive practice information, and post-game analysts with the source you can't find anywhere else. This is South Philly Sauce, hosted by Flyers Game Day host Ashlyn Sullivan and Philly Sports Radio legend Al Morganti. Welcome back to South Philly Sauce, an Odyssey original brought to you by 94WIT and Jack Daniels, Ashlyn and Al back here with you on a Friday morning working late last night. Well, not too late because overtime didn't last that long. The Flyers, they've lost two straight, giving up four goals in each of those games. Lost to the Devils last night on Thursday and there's so much to unpack in that game, Alice. So we're going we're gonna to recap. We're going to look forward. We have a player interview with Tyson Forrester, who's become so prominent with the Flyers. But I have left work last night encouraged because it seemed like that game was going to be a blowout. It seemed like it wasn't going to go well. And I was encouraged more so about the matchup. This Devils-Flyers game showed me this is a matchup that we're going to look forward to now, probably for years to come because of the stars on both teams. Yeah, well, I mean, the Devils matchup with the Flyers, they've been uh, they've been annoying for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it cost the Flyers dearly in, in playoff situations. And they have such great young stars now, the Hughes brothers, uh, prominently. But I was encouraged. It was, a, it was an odd game because it started out like, oh, well, here we go again with the Devils, and they're going to run you out of their own building. But I like the fact that the Flyers come back from adversity now against teams that have beaten them and within games now, even though they lost to the Rangers and the Devils, in each game it looked like, wow, this is going to be a route early, and they managed to come back in them. So that's a really, really good sign. It is, and that's when we talk about, and I know we're just we, we're beating this drum so much this season, but that is the difference of this year to last year, is last year when they got behind in these games, there was no coming back. And we basically could write our post-game show knowing what was going to happen, where this year you have very few clunkers along the way. I mean, I had friends at that game last night and they said it was one of the most exciting hockey games they've ever watched to force overtime and have it come back and the crowd get into it. Granted, and you see the difference in the two teams is the Devils have the Hughes brothers and the Flyers don't. And you predicted it. We all predicted it. When you saw that happening in overtime, you're like, all right, you know, they're going to lose because that's the difference in these teams right now. It can't go to overtime with them. I mean, it turns into the Hughes family picnic if it's overtime. It's just the three, you know, the two, the two Hughes brothers get on the ice and with Heischer there. And it was, you know, it's it's, it's triply annoying because Heischer's the guy that the Devils took just in front of Nolan Patrick. It was just, it, it just, it's a, it was a recipe for just a, um, a remembering some bad things that have gone on. But, I mean, the uh, the effort level's always there. The goaltender hot was remarkable in the game. So, I mean, that's another another good sign that it's come along. So, I mean, you know where each franchise is right now. And they're, they're, it's, their time is now. I mean, that's why they went on and got a team of Meyer last year. That's why they're probably going to be in the market for a goaltender this year, I believe. 
because it's uh, they don't have the strongest goaltending. Although mm-hmm. Schmidt played pretty well last night, but they I, they may be in the market for that because their window's pretty pretty open right now, and it's going it's pretty wide. So the Flyers going to have to deal with this for a while. But the fact that they went toe to toe with the Rangers and then the Devils making mistakes is yeah. uh, is pretty encouraging. It is. And that's where you're encouraged because I was encouraged yesterday when John Tortorella in his morning skate press conference talked about Mitch Cobb finally and talked about the mad Russian coming here. And when he comes here and the Flyers get their draft picks, then it's the time for them to spend the money on the free agents. It's it's what the Flyers can be in two years. And you got to think about, okay, well, if they can go toe to toe right now with the Devils and the Rangers, where the team stands right now. Imagine what that looks like when Mitch Cobb's here and when the free agents are here. And I know that's false hope and it's too much optimism. I get it. It's great. We're talking about the future again, but look how close you are already. Yeah, it's really ironic. When, when we started this podcast, one of the names we considered was waiting for Mitch Cobb. And then, then we, we decided, and when we decided, oh, we can't put it all on one name here. Let, let, but I mean, really, when you hear a coach talk about that, it's pretty rare to me. That a yeah. coach, you know, coach is all about now, keep my job. Mm-hmm. But Tortorella is in a different spot. It's his last go around, last rodeo, I think, uh, as far as head coach. But he also, I, 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 I like the fact that he does. On, on one in the morning, he's talking about you know getting ready for two years from now. At night, he's benching a player early because you got to win this game right now, and you have to, you know, you have to send messages. So I think. I think he's trying to do culture and win all and future all at the same time. He's on three rails, which yeah. is dangerous, but, but he seems to be navigating it fairly well. So uh, I, you know, I give him credit for buying it. He, he's part of the, he's part of the group going forward, but he's also the guy that wants to win every single game, every single night. Yeah. And I don't blame him for having to balance that. And I, I thought it was refreshing because we've never really heard towards talk about Mitch Cobb, but, that's what the entire fan base is talking about. That's every hockey fan in Philadelphia talking about. So I I think it's more of the honest approach, which is what we're getting with Keith Jones and Danny Breer. And, and for Torts to finally say, like, yeah, like the Flyers are going to be pretty good when this guy gets here. Like It was like, finally, like we're stating the obvious here. Yeah, and he gave him the name the Mad Russian, which I'd never heard. Maybe yeah. just I never heard it. Maybe but- it's six. <laughs> called him the man Russian. So, I mean, and I mean, he's got some personality, the kids, when he comes over. And so does the kid at BC, Goche, and uh, Rizzo out in uh, at University of Denver, and Barkey, and and, and Bonk. So, I mean, there's a lot of names. So, and a lo- most encouraging, a lot of names that fans are already familiar with before they even get here. Right. But in the meantime, they've got a team that just won't surrender anything. Um, they want to hang in with it. And this was a big stretch. You know, getting even the you know getting even one point when you look at this stretch of games against Metro teams and two coming up against Pittsburgh, this was a stretch where you were in danger of oh if everything goes bad it's a landslide against you. Yeah. So they've even though they don't you know it's not an avalanche against them they're not buried under points against them in the Metro. Yeah, you're staying afloat at this point, which. You, you hope you get more points in the stretch and who knows they could play well against the penguins and, and make yourself feel better about this Metro stretch, but it seems right now the Metro is so bunched up and Torres was talking about a practice this week, how he likes that, how he thinks it's good for hockey that you have all these teams that make it more interesting. I mean, people are watching what's going to happen with this Metro division. 
I think when you see a game against Carolina, when you see a game against the Devils, all right, it's not as bunched up as you thought because these teams are just a couple steps ahead of the Flyers. And it seems like by the end of the year, it's going to shake out the way it's supposed to. It could. Um, you know, there's always injuries uh, that yeah. come in. Uh, goaltending goes south for a team. The Devils, really, when, uh, yeah, five on five, they haven't been that good. Their power mm-hmm. play has been tremendous. And, of course, the individual right. skills that they have are remarkable. But they're not that much better. And yeah. in hockey, it's a sport where if you just play the, – the, the, what the Flyers run into is they have to play hard every single night. And it sounds like fans will say, what's so hard about that? You're getting paid a million, two million, three million, four million dollars. So it, it's not that easy to play that. that it's, it's really grueling to mm-hmm. play that kind of hockey shift after shift after shift. And the coach knows it. And he has to make that a demand that we can't take a shift off. The Rangers can cruise for 10 minutes in a period and boom, Savannah ad. The Devils, boom to God, but the Flyers, that's not, that's not the case. They have no, no, they, they don't. I mean, connect was close to it, but they just don't have it. They have to, it, it's, you know, they're, they're the little engine that could and, but they have to just keep, just keep motoring. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, and it's I was down ringside with Scott last night for our third period hit. And sadly, which I know it's the case vice versa with Devils games as well. I've heard for a Devils home game against the Flyers, there's a ton of Flyer fans as well at those games. But there was a ton of Devils fans at that game last night. And you looked around and every single Devils fan had a huge jersey on. And yeah. Scott was telling me, he's like, this is what the Flyers don't have right now. Is They don't yeah. have a prospect, a guy where – it's just obvious everyone is going to have their last name on the back of their shirt. You see connect knees, you see a lot of Hartnells still, but you don't have that unanimous, oh, I'm going to go buy his jersey type of guy. No, they have the goalie heart. There's a few, there's a lot of those connect me, obviously, but you know, Hughes is, well, I don't even know which Hughes jersey. I mean, they've got the no. two Hughes and they don't even put the first initials on it. It's huge. Yeah. But I mean, he's very good for the league. I mean, yeah. he was on the Eli Manning podcast, and he he does a lot of stuff. He's a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole family's pretty, and they're they're media savvy. They have they're fun. They're uh, fun. They took oh, they are, last night. I was like, "There's a guy you hate that, but like, man, that's cool. Like, that's fun. Young yeah, people resonate with that." Yeah, they're they're fun. They're fun players, and Konechny's a fun player, and yeah. uh, you know, Forster's a fun player. There's good guys, and. When you have talent and that, well, there's the combination you want. If you have fun and you have no talent, you're basically a clown. But, but when you have talent like that, it's a whole different story. It's almost like the Eagles. They, you know, Kelsey, they're, they're fun, but they're really, really good. So it makes it makes a big difference. And I, you know, I, I think that the Hughes family, especially Jack, is really good for the league. And it's also good for the Flyers. I don't know, you might be annoying. You see some Rangers jerseys or Devils jerseys, but you go up there, as you mentioned, there's Flyers jerseys everywhere. 
it's good to have rivalries like this. That's why I don't mind the teams packed together like that with a chance. And every time they come in, no matter where they are in the standings, it's like, this is a rivalry game. I love rivalry games. The, the Flyers going to have it with the Devils outdoors coming up. And the fact that you have Hughes for maybe a generation of fans, you know, Crosby's not going to be about forever, around forever. So it's good to have somebody else that you can like be annoyed with. That, that, that's a terrific thing. And it'd be terrific when, if the Flyers, if, if everybody hates Konechny, when he goes up to Jersey and they start howling at him, or when the mad Russian comes over, they start howling at him. So, I mean, I, I think, I think that's, that's terrific. I, I love the rivalry games, which is why, although they, you know, struggle, you know, Rangers came in right after Thanksgiving, now the Devils. I think the fact that you're so close with them and the games have come down to the wire with them, I think it's great. It is great. And I have a feeling in that outdoor game, one guy the Devils are not going to like too much. And really, most teams now in hockey are not going to like a lot. And for nothing against him is Garnet Hathaway. I mean, Flyers fans love this guy. His teammates, they love him because he is the spark plug. He is the guy getting in all the action, sticking up for his teammates. And when they need to fight, he delivers a fight. Last night, it was something. He boards Luke Hughes, gets a game misconduct all out of the game. Torch goes nuts. We heard Cam York post him in the locker room saying it was the worst call ever. And it kind of was, Al. <laughs> yeah, it was. You don't like to pick apart. I mean, it's, you know, the, the cliche is it's a tough job. It is, but I think they, I think they missed a, an ice. I called an icing too late. Hathaway doesn't hear it. I do think Hughes, Luke Hughes might've assumed the icing and, and heard it maybe just the, as he was getting launched into but he uh, Hathaway just plays for the whistle. I think that was an official's fault. And I also think the fact that I thought Hughes was injured. And Everyone. he came back and they, oh, man, I thought. And I think that might have played maybe into it when, when they looked at it. But he came back. So I think that was a blown call. Hathaway's not that kind of a guy. He hears a whistle, he's going to stop. Yeah. But you play to the whistle. It, it's, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand how that, that happens. People make mistakes. Players make mistakes. Officials make mistakes. But I, I, I think that was unfair to both players, mm -hmm. Hathaway, and to a player that could have got hurt on the yeah. play and really was hurt for at least at least uh, temporarily. It gets, gets run into. So I think they put two players in, in bad spots by not having that icing call called, called earlier. And Hathaway, you mentioned, he's been – I mean, they put him in – last week I jokingly said put him in front of the net on a power play, and they did. <laughs> because he just annoys so many people yeah. and when you get you know when you're it, you're hoping he can draw a penalty time to time but he's not afraid of anything and, and he's also a guy you know this is a sport when you come back to a bench like that and you've taken a hit for your team or whatever you play harder and that that's kind of what he's brought to this team anybody that wants to take a, a shift off or something well you see that guy go out there for whatever ice time he gets so well, i can't he's 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 putting right. his he literally putting his face on in, in, in the line of fire every night. I can't do it. Yeah, he's been impressive. And there's been a lot of guys that have been impressive. One of them, Tyson Forrester, coming up big last night. And Al, you caught up with him earlier this week at practice. So let's hear what he had to say. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah? yeah. All right. Pretty sweet. So, that's your, obviously your first shooter. Yeah. But what is it like, when did you know you were going to take the, the shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Torch just said after Frosty. Just be ready just in case 
uh, four shooters, so I was like, all right, I'll be ready, and then ended up, like, got, got to go, and, you know, I told a couple people already that Hartsey was... Yeah, yeah. I practiced that on Hartsey and practiced a little bit, and uh, he told... I went down the bench, and I was like, Hartsey, should I do it? And he's like, yeah. So, and I ended up doing it, and it worked, and, yeah. Did you, did you study goalie before or anything? Did you guys... Me and Hartsey just fool around after practice. I usually get take, like, five breakaways on him after practice, and, you know, he's a pretty sick goalie, and yeah, so, yeah. so, I mean... I can score on him with that move. I mean, I feel like I could score on anyone. Was it exciting doing it though? Like, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Obviously, winning the game was awesome, and after that game too, zero zero for so long, it was great to finally score one. Yeah. Well, you've been in the lineup. I mean, doing other things. So yeah. I guess that. Do you like the fact you get a lot of credit for? You got a shot, yeah. but you're getting a lot of pluses for just being good all over the ice. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I would like to score, but uh, hopefully it's coming, and I feel like I've been playing good in, in other areas, and I, I feel like our line's been playing great, and, you know, hopefully we can continue that. And what's it been like just being a part? And the whole quarter of a season gone now. Feel real comfortable? Uh, yeah, it's great here. I love the guys. Everyone's super nice, and, you know, I think we're... I think those trips early on away uh, yeah. kind of helped everyone in a hotel. You know, we were all together for so long there, and... You know, I think we're really close, and we're like a family here. What was it like? Like, I watched on TV. We didn't do the game last night. Having the kid on the bench. What? Oh, that was so cool. Was it? I mean, yeah, it was just, you know, it's really sad, but, you know, that was probably, he's going to look, look at that every day for the rest of his life, and, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome to see. You got a sense what it's like now to be a pro athlete, that it's more than winning's most important and everything but just what you mean to kids and everything yeah for sure you know i remember being a little kid uh looking at reaching over and giving high fives to the guys going out and so every time i see hands i always try and give them a tap and you know just try and make their day cool so there's been so much talk of tyson forrester why is he still in the lineup he's not scoring any goals why aren't you giving someone else a chance well we see last night he delivers now in a couple games this season in the most clutch way, he scores the goal to send the team into overtime in a Scott Lawton pass. And he's just doing the right things. He doesn't make dumb mistakes. He's where he's supposed to be. And that is why he is playing so much. Yeah. And in that, you know, he was talking about his uh, shootout goal against the Islanders coming in and, you know, just the fact that coach gives him that opportunity. And, you know, he went and he checked with the goaltender on how he's supposed to take this shootout goal. And even though I, you know, I tried to pump him up a little bit about even when you're not scoring, you're doing the right things. But he was pretty quick to say, yeah, but, you know, I, he likes to score goals. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I really think the, um, the team needs that. You, you know, you get a lot on effort. Um, but skill, when you have to put it together, you can – they have a lot of guys that work hard. You know, you don't want to – you don't want to be – a laundromat where all the washing machines are working and it's not interesting to watch them, but they're all working. So yeah. You, you got to have, you got to have a, a lot of uh, guys that can really finish and he can finish. And that tip that he made in that, in that uh, goal that sent it into, into overtime was terrific being in the right spot. And I like the fact on the power play, he was on a wall and he kind of moved to them. I think his spot is more toward the middle of the ice when he comes in and takes that shot. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I really, I, I think it's great that he does enough things right and they don't have to teach him some defensive stuff that he can stay in alignment. He's not the, – the upside is he's not going to hurt you if he gets in a cold spell, which he was early in terms of scoring goal. The, but the really important thing is he hasn't lost sight of the fact that I'm a different player. I can be at another level. 
because I can score goals. And even though everybody's been pumping his tires because I'm in the right spot, I do this, I can do that. He doesn't lose sight of the fact, but I need to score. Yeah. And I, and he's, um, he's got that knack and he's in a real important per he's a real important element for the flyers who really struggle to score goals at times. Yeah. And you see his excitement. That's our Jack Daniels salute is that conversation with Tyson Forrester. When he scores the goal, he jumps 10 feet in the air. I mean, he has just this love of hockey. You can see for a young guy that's succeeding and the flyers, they need him. And, you know, I, I was talking to Morgan Frost in an interview in between intermissions. And I asked Morgan, you know, you have yet to have a comeback win so far this season, like what needs to change? And he's like, we haven't, <laughs> he was shocked by that stat that the flyers have yet to come from behind and win a game. It's a concern at this point out and they're getting closer but now you go forward to two back-to-backs against the Penguins, and it's at the point where you hope they can right the ship because if the opposing team scores first, it's like, right, there you go, like, right, the post-game show. Like, we don't know what's going to happen, but as of this season, they're going to lose. Yeah, they haven't had the comeback win, but they've come back uh, yeah. at times, which is, finish you know, it. really just they didn't get the extra point and when you go in overtime or shootout or whatever. But they do come back. They don't. They don't lose everything. They don't lose their uh, structure mm-hmm. uh, at times. But that's where a Forster comes into play. That's where Frost, who yeah, took a couple, of weird, a couple of iffy penalties in that game, but scores a goal. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's you know he's there for that. I mean, this is a this is a great chance for him. Again, I I don't know how many times we've said another chance. But, but it's another chance for him, you know, with the Penguins coming up, it's, it's another chance for him. But let's just imagine, you know, not forget about Gautier and Mitch Codd. Like, so let's imagine that Forrester and Frost step up their goal scoring, the difference that can make in a, in a finishing a comeback or something. So although the eyes of the future is really nice, the nearer future is, those two guys could be huge difference makers. So everything's not on Konechny to, yeah. to finish a comeback. Everything's not on Sanheim to come flying up. Everything's not on Farabee to cheat and pinch on a play to try to create some offense. Yeah, and Travis Konechny was right there last night. I mean, I thought he was going to win the game four times in the last three minutes of the game. And a guy that hasn't had a goal in a while, but that's coming. That, that's clicking soon. Oh, Konechny, yeah, he's uh, he, he's always he's always right there in terms of effort uh, to get in and in the middle of things. A lot of times, I, I guess, when the Flyers don't have that many options, other players can just he's like a magnet and coverage. Yep. And the beauty of it is he can then send a pass over uh, over to somebody. If so that's why somebody on his line, that's why when you see great players, it's usually so somebody with somebody. So if somebody goes, you could cover, bring somebody over, there's an open man, he can send it over. And that would help, if Frost plays that way, Forrester plays that way, that would help connect me so much. For sure. And now you look to these two games this weekend, you have back-to-backs against the Penguins. You have Saturday in Pittsburgh, Monday in Philadelphia. And these are two teams right now, really neck and neck when you look at their at their season. They have the same amount of wins. Uh, Penguins just beat the Lightning. But Penguins are very, I was just looking at their schedule and their season so far. It's lost win, lost win, lost win. They had about a four-game win streak earlier on in the season. But right now, 
a little inconsistent, just like the Flyers. So it's really anyone's game this weekend. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a team that paid a lot of money to their obviously their Hall of Fame veterans. Uh, Crosby doesn't look like he's slowed down much. Uh, he's still doing it. I mean, he's still one of the three best players in the league at this point. And th- it's always the emotion that comes with playing the Flyers. The goalie scored a goal, so they may be jacked up for, for that, <laughs> that coming cool. in. Yeah, and the, and the Flyers will go in. I'm I'm curious. I'm curious how they're going to go into this. It was fascinating to me that the coach decides to to bench a player, Farabee, through basically the whole game. And he's always got the response that he's wanted the next game with mm-hmm. what goes on. So I'm really curious to see, does this guy come out like shot out of a cannon, as they say, or is it just the defensive responsibilities? But I think the whole team, it's a dangerous thing to do. I was shocked because he, you know, that we already missing a, they were already missing a forward and, and half and well, they end up missing a player in Hathaway. So that's now you're down two forwards, but the team kind of bonded together in it. And every time this has happened last year, Sanheim, every time this has happened, the response has been good. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm curious to see the response this time. I'm assuming a really good response in terms of attention to the details of the game, how are you supposed to do something? Um, I, I sometimes I think Tortorella wants like a snappy re- response from a player, like an argument almost from a player to see what goes on because he's playing, like we mentioned at the beginning of this, he's playing a short game and a long game. Yeah. So, you know, which, what's the balance here? So yeah. uh, maybe, maybe the balance was in the short game. We missed the player for this game for so long, but in the long run, maybe over the two games against Pittsburgh, he becomes a primary player. Yeah, and, and we don't know what happened. I mean, all we were told post-game and Farabee declined a comment, so we didn't get Farabee's side of the story, and all we were told towards his presser is he did not listen. So it seems like, and Scott, and you were talking about it on the post-game show last night, a defensive assignment that was missed, an error. Who knows what happened on the bench, but 56 seconds he played in two shifts the entire game, and you could have argued the Flyers needed him last night. Yeah, it was a risky move, and but they – amazingly they 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 really bonded together after that and i think the hathaway hit uh helped too because i think everybody kind of had his back on, on what happened there so i mean we'll see what happens in this next game but it's never boring uh that's one thing you can say with the flyers it's always there's a tortorella uh, ken hitchcock and his day keenan there's a creative tension all the time mm-hmm. and they've got it right now going on you are on the edge of your seat every night. Good or bad, it's entertaining. That is definitely true. All right, Al Morgani, that is South Philly Soft brought to you by 94WIP and Odyssey Original and also brought to you by Jack Daniels. We will see you next week and talk about these Pittsburgh Penguin games. Have a great weekend.